Professional Distance by a Human Female. Rating is explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is Female Male. Relationship Donna Hanscom and Dean Winchester. Additional tags Alternate Universe. Summary Dean Winchester is an editor known for his critical eye and keen insight, finding himself a famed name in the world of romance novels. No matter the material that crosses his desk, Dean has always been able to maintain his professional distance. Until Donna Hanscom. As if his crush on the effervescent blonde weren't incapacitating enough, now she's introduced a love interest to her latest novel that seems suspiciously like him. So AU, it might as well be an alternate galaxy. Just got a bug and had to get this down on paper before I got distracted. Notes, there's nothing about this that is in character. Not a thing, except for some vague passing resemblance to the characters we all know and love. Normally, I don't believe in messing with a good thing. I just had to explore this little what-if before it killed me. 1. Dean Winchester had been an editor for going on 12 years, since graduating college with his degree in literature. A quick study with a critical eye, He'd come with a slew of recommendations from professors and the assurance he'd have a bestseller in his first year. He'd gone into the field hoping to land a position in fantasy or science fiction, dragons and space battles. You want to know where he'd ended up instead? Romance. Sweet, inspirational love stories and depraved erotica all came across his desk, demanding his careful eye and effortless marketing. It turned out that selling romances was a lot easier when the man selling it was quick with a smile and easy on the eyes. So they told him anyway. In just over a decade, he climbed from untested newbie to a big name. Someone in demand who got to be picky about what he took on. There were a few people who had balked at a man editing chiclet, but he brushed them off. Oddly enough, he enjoyed it. Romance wasn't something he'd normally read and that gave him the ability to distance himself enough from the work to be critical of it, to find errors and plot holes that needed to be addressed. The racier stuff didn't bother him. He was able to maintain his professional distance. It didn't hurt that all the authors to take the chair across from his desk tended to look and sound like his mother. Until Donna Hanscom. That wasn't the name on her book covers. No, for that she'd chosen something so obviously fake it made him cringe but it was the one he'd written in his calendar for that afternoon at three o'clock. Donna reminded him exactly nothing of his mother. Where Mary Winchester was sharp lines and wry grins, Donna was all curves and boisterous laughter. She had an accent that constantly made his mouth twitch up in a smile that stayed with him for the rest of the day. She also wrote things that made him loosen his tie and clear his throat when he edited late at night, in bed, with his laptop and a beer. Donna wrote paranormal romance. More specifically, she wrote about a voluptuous blonde whose job was to hunt down and kill the paranormal, usually with a male partner who was different in every installment, all of whom found themselves enamored with her by the end of the book. After a long hunt and a bloody kill, she took her fill of the guy, typically on the hood of her muscle car, before driving off into the sunset with a wink and a smile. Unless, of course, they died. Her work fit the market trend toward this kind of thing perfectly, and she wrote it well, keeping her heroine just this side of relatable and worthy of cheering on. 
Readers ate it up, and she was writing full-time now, having quit her job as a small-town sheriff back in Minnesota. Which was why they had this meeting set up, discussing the sixth installment of her series. Her first ten chapters were due today, and she'd insisted on bringing them in on paper, as she was running behind and hadn't had a chance to transcribe them to a Word document. Fine with him. He thought better when he could scribble notes and refer back to them later. He checked his clock. 312. I'm here, she crowed as though reading his mind, throwing open the door to his office so that the potted plant next to it shook and threatened to topple over. Sorry, so sorry, Dean, I'm here. I can see that, he smirked, waiting for her to orient herself as she shut the door and smoothed her wavy hair away from her face. Make it into the city, okay? Oh yeah, always, she said, facing him with a bright smile as she sashayed her way to him. He did his best to avoid following the sway of her hips as she walked. How are you doing, handsome? Working hard? He cleared his throat. Yeah, always. She threw herself down into the chair opposite his desk and exhaled loudly. She was dressed in leggings the color of cotton candy with lipstick to match, covered in a bright white poncho with what looked like owls patterned across it. Why in God's name did this drive him crazy? It wasn't exactly leather and lace. Still, the thought of peeling it off gave him just as much of a thrill. He needed to put a lid on it. So, uh, you got something for me? Anytime you want it, sugar, she said with a lascivious wink that she followed up with a full laugh, just in case his blood pressure wasn't high enough. Just kidding. Yeah, I've got it here. Hold on. She handed him a leaf of wide-ruled notebook paper, bent and tattered and covered with the flamboyant whirls and loops of her now-familiar handwriting. There were more than a few coffee stains and doodles on the margins, the most common theme being what looked like a unicorn chasing a robber. It was held together with a thick clamp at the top, making it almost impossible to flip through the pages. That's, um, that's original, he said lamely, looking over it. I know, I'm so sorry. If you don't mind waiting a few days, I'll transcribe it. But I know they're holding us to a pretty strict deadline, so I didn't want them to come for your head. I appreciate that, he said, nodding before gently placing her manuscript to the side. So, who is Chloe Ransom killing these days? Shapeshifters or ghosts? Tracking a Wendigo through the deep, dark woods, actually, she said, beaming with a sweet hunk of forest ranger to keep her company, of course. Of course, he said with a smile. Well, I have some cover art to go over with you, and there have been a few changes in your contract for the next three books. It was after seven before Dean made it back to his townhouse, yawning and swinging a big bag of takeout along with his briefcase. Donna's manuscript, such as it was, was like a lead weight on his arm, begging to be hauled up and read to death. He told himself that if he got through the other chapters, vying for his attention, he could read all of Donna's tonight over dinner. He'd chosen a greasy burger and fries, Chloe Ransom's main staple as she flitted from bar to bar, looking for cases and any excuse to pull out the armory in her trunk. Dean tossed his jacket and tie as he situated himself on one end of his couch, turning to stretch his legs over the cushions. He'd placed a cold beer on the coffee table next to him and kicked his shoes off, burger in one hand 
and Donna's manuscript in the other. He dug in. The handwriting baffled him occasionally, but he was able to decipher it if he tilted it far enough to the side. The first few chapters were easy to fly through. Chloe was back in the saddle after a nest of vampires tried to turn her into lunch in the last book. They'd succeeded with her partner. Poor Sam. But now, she was coming out of mourning and out of her recovery, looking to kick some ass. He scribbled a few notes on the sides, but Dean didn't slow down until close to chapter 9, when something like suspicion prickled over his skin. Chloe stepped into the office, grateful for the air conditioning after the sauna that was the inside of her car. Appalachia in the dead heat of summer wasn't a picnic. She could only hope her deodorant was up to the job, because the man behind the desk ahead of her was more likely to have her sweating than the blazing sun outside. Dark blonde hair cut short and tousled to look like he'd just run his fingers through it, a sharp jaw and lethally green eyes, a few shallow crow's feet that turned his face from pretty to something closer to devastating. It was the eyes that held her attention the longest, at least until he smiled. Then her eyes snapped to the ever-so-slightly elongated canines nestled into his otherwise straight white teeth, a hint of the primal hidden among the mundane. She couldn't help her mind wandering to which part of her anatomy he'd sink those teeth into first. Dean paused, looking up and away from the words on the page. He fought the urge to run for a mirror, checking his own reflection against the description in the story. Unconsciously, his tongue drew up to rub against his top teeth, the ever-so-slight edge on his canines now roaring to the forefront of his attention. Were they longer? Certainly not longer than average. No one had ever called them out to him anyway, but there it was, a bare millimeter jutting out from the line of the rest of his teeth. His attention went back to the story. You must be Detective Ransom, the supermodel turned park ranger said, standing from his chair to offer his hand. Cripes, he was even tall, just tall enough to make her look up at him through her lashes like the hussy she was. That's me, she affirmed, taking his hand in her own. Calluses, she noticed. The man did real work. Sorry, they didn't give me your name when I left the precinct. I was out the door like a flash. Daniel, he told her. Daniel Wesson. But just Dan is fine. Son of a bitch. Dean put the manuscript down to run his hand over his face. Was he crazy? Was he imagining all this? He wasn't any more or less self-absorbed than the next guy. But come on. They're seeing yourself in everything, and then they're seeing yourself when someone has obviously written about you. He finished the remainder of the portion in record time, not even bothering to pick up his pen to make notes. Dan and Chloe sat and talked about the case. A slew of missing hikers remains never found. Chloe didn't mention her added knowledge of a pattern just like this one going back 40 years, and then another set of disappearances 40 years before that. Dan was forthcoming and Chloe was invested, eager to put down the monster and get back to her hometown in Minnesota with enough time for her sister's wedding. Chapter 10 finished with Chloe packing her gear and heading to the mouth of the forest, a flask on her hip, and Dan at her side. His burger had grown cold and his beer had fallen flat at some point, but it didn't matter. The pages in his hand had captivated him to such an extent that he doubted he'd notice if someone kicked in his front door.
before he knew what he was doing, he had grabbed his cell phone off the coffee table and flipped to Donna's number. It was there, inviting him to press on it. A text, even. She was probably still in the city. Dean closed the application and set the phone back down. He was getting a little worked up, overacting because of his preoccupation with her. Authors were known to take people in places from their real lives and put them into their fictional ones. That wasn't so unusual, though he'd never seen a suspiciously similar version of himself in anyone else's work. The only way to solve this, of course, was more data. He needed more chapters. Two. The next chapters came and went, offering him nothing new. The writing was good. It was Donna, so it was always going to be. The story was progressing at a good pace, drawing the reader in and imploring them to worry for Chloe and Dan as they stomped around in the dark forest. He laughed when Chloe had put her foot down on starting her own fire and not needing Dan, thank you very much, imagining Donna's face of pure consternation as she screamed at a pile of branches that refused to light. Dan was happy to sit back and watch because the show was too good to miss. They shared their first kiss against a massive aspen tree, surrounded by darkness. The stiff bark dug into Chloe's back as she canted her hips up into Dan, his big hands mapping the contours of her waist. The moment progressed no further, interrupted by the Wendigo taking a swipe at them faster than either of them could anticipate. After that, it devolved into Dan demanding explanations and Chloe begrudgingly giving them. Dean read the scene roughly a thousand times, imagining his own hands on Donna as she gasped and tightened her grip on the short hairs at the back of his neck. Not even a Wendigo could have distracted him from her, he thought as he glanced over the chapter at his desk. Not a tornado or a nuclear blast could have pulled him away. Dan, this fictional version of himself, was clearly a lesser man than the real thing. He imagined their real first kiss on the way home from work gripping the buttery leather of his steering wheel as he drove. Donna would wear that same candy pink lipstick that seemed to be her favorite, he mused at a red light. She would come rushing into his office like a rogue wind, breathless and smiling brighter than the sun. Dropping her purse into her usual spot in front of his desk, she wouldn't notice him standing from his chair to walk to her. She'd look up in surprise, her dark eyes widening to find him so close. Those eyes would drift to his mouth involuntarily, her tongue coming out to lick that pink bottom lip so that it glistened in the sunlight from his windows. He'd move forward and take her lips like he owned them, surprising them both with the intensity of feeling as he nodded his fingers in her hair and tasted the sweetness of bubblegum on her tongue. An angry honk sounded from behind him, knocking him out of his reverie and back to the present. He held a hand up in apology and sped forward, trying not to get pissed off at the minivan behind him as it veered to his left and sped past. The passenger may have even flipped him the bird. Distracted, mood headed south, he almost missed the chime from his phone in the seat next to him that signaled a new email. A few seconds later, his text alert went off, drawing his attention. Donna. 
He flicked his screen open so fast he nearly sent his phone flying onto the floorboard. Ignoring the email alert, he opened her text and scanned it. Two new chapters, handsome. Let me know what you think. Smiley face. Dean sent off a non-committal thank you message, going for nonchalant to downplay his impatience. He clicked on his email icon and sought out her message, finding at the top with the flag to mark an attachment. Her message was brief, saying hello, and letting him know there were documents attached. The first was labeled with the number of the chapter, which was par for the course. The second was labeled with the chapter number and four letters that made his breath draw short. N-S-F-W. Donna used the designation to alert him to explicit material. She found it funny as hell, considering that explicit material was literally his job. No one was going to be walking up behind him at work and judging him for what he was reading. Usually, he'd grin a little and download it, adding to the cue requiring his attention. Now, only able to imagine what could be in it, he swallowed hard and gently put the phone back down. His foot hit the gas. He needed to get home. Now. Dean ignored his neighbor's attempt at small talk, shoved his key into the lock, and threw the door open with a crash. Someone watching might have been suspecting a mental illness at this point. He locked the door behind him and flicked on the lights, all too happy to toss his bag in the general direction of his couch and snatch his laptop up from the coffee table. He didn't bother to grab himself a beer. Once in his bedroom, he shucked his tie and jacket, his watch, and kicked off his shoes. When he settled against his pillows, he was in for the long haul. The first chapter she'd sent gave him the details of the Wendigo attack, complete with a bloody injury for Dan. Not one on any major organ, of course, but just enough to wing him and make him look like the rugged adventurer he'd turned out to be. Wendigos didn't phase Dan, apparently. Nothing paranormal did. His mother was psychic, as it turned out, so he'd made peace with a lot of things at this point in his life. The second chapter, however. The second chapter awoke Chloe in the middle of the night, sensitive ears tuned into the sounds outside their tent. She'd brought her own, but felt it necessary to sleep in Dan's tent that night. You know, with his injury and all. It was pitch black outside and silent, save for the wind. Her lamp was spotty and fading, doing little other than illuminating their tent and maybe five feet in front of her. Once she'd assured herself that they were safe, she returned to the tent to find Dan's eyes studying her in the dim light. You okay? he asked, his voice rough from sleep. Yeah, of course, obviously, she said, shaking her head to ward off the last of the creepy crawlies skittering over her skin. Funny, you don't look it, he commented, trying to prop himself up on his injured arm before wincing and sinking down again. She sat on her sleeping bag, crossing her legs under her. You're one to talk, buddy. I'm speaking from experience on this one. He growled, and for a moment she could see his marine background in his set jaw and the harsh line of his shoulders. Something out there I needed to worry about? In general, yeah. Immediately, doesn't look like it. Then come back to bed, he said, and neither of them missed the flash of something else that had been plaguing them since they met a few days ago. 
I bet you say that to all the girls who come here looking to fight monsters, she quipped, but her mouth had gone dry. Only one of those recently, he admitted, but I'd be willing to say it to that one every goddamn day. Her breath left her lungs in a whoosh. She tried to ignore the flare of heat between her thighs and the jump of her heart, but it was impossible. Ignoring Dan Wesson had become impossible, even for someone who was reigning queen over repressing shit incorporated. Dean paused. Had ignoring him become impossible? You don't mean that, she whispered, cursing her traitorous mouth for spouting off before she'd had a chance to think about it. The hell I don't. Come here and I'll show you. There it is, she told herself, an invitation on a silver plate. She leaned forward, sweeping her lips over his gently enough that he grunted in frustration. He tried to reach out and pull her closer, but his stitches pulled and he hissed in pain, gritting his teeth against it. Chloe huffed out a laugh. That's a lot of tough talk for someone currently benched, she joked, kissing him again. He grunted. Goddamn Wendigo. Don't worry, honey, she told him, pushing his shoulders gently until he was flat on his back again. She swung a leg over him and sat her generous ass down on the muscle of his thighs. I got you. Dan opened his mouth in protest, and she just had to shut him up with another kiss, taking those scrumptious lips mid-complaint. He tasted like heaven, the sweetness of his granola trail mix and the lingering bite of whiskey. Chloe swept her tongue against the seam of his lips, requesting access and getting it instantly as he opened his mouth to her. She felt his hands run over her shoulders and down her arms. One of his thumbs glanced the side of her breast, and she sighed into his mouth. Dean's heart sped up as he read. He undid the top button of his shirt, inhaling deeply. Chloe turned her attention from his full lips to his chiseled jaw and sculpted chin, humming excitedly as she kissed and nipped intermittently. Dan sighed, and his chest worked under her like a bellows. Just when she thought she was playing a one-sided game, she felt his hand creep under her flannel shirt, toying with the skin covering her ribs. Usually she was ticklish, but when it was him, lighting them nerves up like the 4th of July, the last thing she felt like doing was laughing. Getting handsy, are we? She breathed against his neck as she followed the pounding pulse in his throat with the tip of her tongue. She could hear the grin in his voice. You gonna stop me? Not a chance, she answered, moaning as he tilted his hips up to meet hers. The hardness pressing against her for that fleeting moment was perfect, at least until Dan's voice went from aroused to pained and her eyes jerked up. Sorry, he answered. Stitches. Chloe grimaced. Sweet pea, I'm pretty sure that means we're going to have to rain check this. Like hell. I've been wanting my hands on you since you walked into the station. You aren't the only one, but don't worry, I'm not giving you up just yet. His eyebrows raised in question, but she was already moving, her sensitive nipples dragging against him through her shirt as she slid down the length of his body. She tasted every inch of him she could get, sliding her hands up to the front of his t-shirt and flicking her tongue against the dip of muscles at his hips. The salt of his skin was divine, and she could only imagine how much better he'd taste when she got where she was going. Dean forced his eyes away from the laptop and looked at the ceiling. 
doing his best to calm himself. Or prolong the torture, he wasn't sure. The images running through his mind were never something he would have let himself think about an author he worked with, not ever. But here he was, in this fantasy deep enough to feel Donna's lips on his and the smell of her sweet perfume in his nose. He had stopped imagining Chloe as the charming Oklahoman and had started hearing Donna's Minnesota slant on all her characters' dialogue. Groaning, Dean opened the fly of his slacks. Chloe, you don't have to. The hell I don't, she murmured back at him, using his own words to shut him up. He looked blissfully torn, the poor man, trying to be the gentleman she knew him to be and struggling because blowjobs were hard to pass up. It would have been even harder if he'd known what her quick tongue was capable of, but he'd find out for himself in a minute. Her nimble fingers danced along the waist of his sweats, feathering his skin with light touches that made his abs bunch and jump. She dipped her chin to lick him over the fabric that confined him, making his hips jerk up to meet her. The motion was immediately followed by a grunt of pain. Easy, sugar, she told him with a wink. Better let me handle this. He growled, an honest-to-God growl that shot straight to her clit and singed every nerve ending along the way. There was a chance her ears were smoking. Her imagination ran back to those sharpened canines in his mouth and she shivered. Next time, she promised herself, provided they didn't turn into Wendigo Chow before then. In the end, Chloe wasn't a patient woman. She may be brave, she may be friendly to a fault, and incapable of saying no when someone was in need, but she sure as hell didn't sit and hang around waiting for what she wanted. And what she wanted right now was the hardness beneath her chin resting its weight on her tongue. She wanted to watch Dan come apart at the seams as she sucked him down. The waistband of his sweats gave way to her demanding hands, and then she had him, the thickness of his cock, nestled against her palm. Dan drew in a ragged breath as she lightly kissed the crown, his earthy taste exploding into her senses like dynamite. She licked her lips and stretched her jaw, settling in. In a few minutes, he'd be incapable of saying anything but her name. Oh, Jesus. Dean moaned into the still air of his bedroom, his hand gliding up his shaft and twisting. He wasn't going to touch himself, He'd insisted internally as he moved the computer on his lap to sit next to him. But that was before he'd had the image of Donna on her knees in front of him, his dick in her hand and her lips taking him in. In Dan's place, he would fist his hand in the bright gold of her hair, stitches be damned. He could feel those locks between his fingers, could feel the warmth of her tongue on him. Dean bucked into his hand, imagining he was bucking into Donna. Chloe tasted him once or twice before going for the kill, accepting that plump head as it passed through her lips and over the tip of her tongue. Dan did his level best to hold still, but she could feel him fighting the urge to thrust into her, to fuck her mouth like she suspected he wanted to fuck her, had injuries not put him on the sidelines. She rewarded his restraint with a quick bob of her head, accepting his pre-cum as it welled up to meet her questing tongue. God, Chloe... He groaned, fisting his hands in the sleeping bag beneath him. Normally, she would have snarked something back at him, but she was busy, laving and worshipping the flesh in her mouth, with a fervor that might have worried her if she weren't so far gone. Instead, she hummed her approval, forcing herself down his length until that deliciously thick head caressed the back of her throat, 
She hummed some more to keep herself from gagging, hummed a few Led Zeppelin songs, one Def Leppard classic, and her favorite stick song before she felt him tightening beneath her. She reached up to roll his heavy sack between her fingers, smiling around him as it drew up closer to his body. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Dean blinked hard, tried to refocus. The words just kept blurring as he jerked himself off, dragging his cock through his tightened fist and wrenching his hips up off the bed. The pressure built and built, threatening to consume him. Chloe, Dan rasped, reaching down with his good arm to touch her shoulder. He was warning her, the sweet man. He didn't know she intended to take everything he gave her, and then some. She took him in faster, bobbing her head and bringing up a hand to grip him in time with her mouth. Dan moaned, sounding like he was barely hanging on. Chloe took that as her cue to let him go. Sucking heavily, she pulled him to the back of her mouth and swallowed repeatedly. The muscles of her throat worked at that sensitive head of his until he had no choice but to come on her tongue. He cried her name into the night air, filling and then overflowing her mouth with the searing heat of his release. Fuck. Dean's haggard voice rent the silence around him as he came, spurting thick ropes over his hand and onto his dark shirt. His hips rocked up uncontrollably, still believing it was Donna's hot mouth on him rather than his own fist. He came until there was nothing left of him, no breath in his lungs and no thoughts in his head. There was only Donna's face behind his eyes, her voice in his ears. It took him several minutes to open his eyes again, the endorphin high wearing off as he realized that he'd turned Donna's work into masturbatory material. The guilt sprang up then, and he let his head fall back to the pillows, more than slightly disappointed to have come back to reality. Reality came with the knowledge that it was Chloe and Dan getting their fill of each other, not him and Donna. Not really, even if he had been aroused to the point of pain with her voice in his head. His eyes drifted back to the laptop, and he realized there were some more words left on the page, words that he'd missed when he'd been coming his brains out. Chloe sat up, swallowing him down and wiping her mouth on the arm of her shirt. She looked down at her handiwork, thrilling at the sight of his flushed face and rapid breathing. His cock was still twitching against his stomach. Dan's eyes were fixed on the ceiling of the tent, blinking slowly. He looked like he'd just gotten blindsided by a Mack truck, and damn if that didn't fill her with a sweet sense of accomplishment that warmed her from the inside out. If there was one thing she was sure of, she'd never get enough of Dean. He jerked, his eyes going back to the last line over and over. His name. Dean, not Dan. Typo? Intentional? Typo. Had to be a typo. It was one letter off, for Christ's sake. But she would have done at least a little of her own proofreading before sending it, and it would have been an easy catch. Or maybe... Maybe she wanted him to catch it? Maybe she wanted him to know that she'd written this chapter with him in mind? Imagining, like he had, that she was the one sucking him off? Fucking hell. He was right back where he started. Three. Thinking something handsome? 
Donna's voice shocked him out of his daydream. Dean dropped the pen he'd been chewing on, looking around to see if she'd somehow managed to sneak into his office without him noticing. Finally, he saw his phone on speaker, the red light holding steady to tell him he was connected. He must have accepted the call without thinking about it and without knowing who was on the line. He cleared his throat, reaching for a coffee mug that had been empty for close to an hour now. What? No. She giggled. Well, you answered almost a minute ago and then haven't said anything since. Either you're thinking or you heard my voice and decided to head for the hills. No. Um, neither, I mean. Fuck, he was blowing this. You'd think after a decade of reading romance he may have figured out a way to not sound like an idiot talking to this woman. Well, I'm glad I didn't scare you off at least. She laughed, and he could hear the white noise of a crowd in the background. A particularly loud scream sounded, making him jump. Are you at a football game? He asked her incredulously. What? Oh, no. I'm outside one of those big chain bookstores waving at people. Right. She had a signing a few towns over that afternoon, celebrating the release of her fifth book earlier that week. You're waving at people? He asked, amused. Well, yeah. I don't start gabbing at them for another hour, so I got a smoothie and now I'm blowing kisses from my car. God, he sighed to himself. Only Donna. Only Donna what? She asked. Damn it. Only Donna would tease her adoring fans from a car with air conditioning while they were waiting to see her. He needled, delighting in her slightly breathy laugh. He suddenly wished he was funnier, just so he could hear it again. Now I sound like a jerk, she said. Maybe I'll go back and get everyone's smoothies. You're not a jerk, you're per- He stopped himself. You're a- You're perfectly welcome to do that. Smooth, Winchester. So damn smooth. But damn if she didn't giggle again. So, is this the phone call version of you waving to your fans, or are you just checking in? He asked, leaning back in his chair and crossing his arms over his chest. Can a girl call just to talk? She said, and he heard another scream from the background. Last I checked, it's only girls who do that. You sexist, she accused gently, and he heard her sip from her smoothie. Maybe I just wanted to hear your voice. Or maybe I just wanted to see if you'd read my last two chapters and had some glowing words of praise for me. Sweetheart, you have no idea. He'd had plenty words of praise for her that morning, coming against the wall of his shower like a teenager. I, um, I haven't gotten to them yet. He lied, face heating. He tamped the memory down, certain she'd be able to read his mind over the phone. Sorry about that. It's been a busy week. Hmm. I don't think so, she sang at him, and he stilled. My girly wiles tell me different. Oh, yeah? How's that? I hear you blushing, she answered, and he would have sworn she sounded smug. You always sound like you're blushing after you read one of my sexy time chapters. Blushing isn't a sound, Donna. It is for you. Well, shit. I might have peeked at it, he ventured, sliding a glance at his door to make sure no one could hear him. Might have, huh? Might. Any thoughts on that peek, Dino? She asked playfully. She knew she had him. Now she was just toying with him for her own benefit. 
Something told him the truth would thrill her. There was a typo on the last page, he pointed out, and he heard her scoff dismissively. Handsome, I work in a sea of typos. I eat them for breakfast with my biscuits and gravy. Come on. Does that mean you'd meant to say that Chloe couldn't get enough of Dean? He asked, voice growing husky without his permission. I think Dan might get jealous. Donna sucked in a breath before blowing it out as a chuckle. Did I? Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Any other notes I should know about? She asked slowly, letting the words draw themselves out. I'm only a few hours away. You could show me in person if you want. Maybe over a cup of coffee and some dessert. Dean felt the floor drop out from under him. He heard himself answering in an affirmative, even heard himself giving the name of his favorite diner a few miles from his house in the time he'd meet her. Didn't tell himself to do any of it, but he heard it all. He failed to discern if she was really determined to work tonight or if she had something less professional in mind, but it didn't matter. It was a good thing his brain had gone on autopilot because he had no intention of missing out on a single second with her, platonic or not. Seven o'clock rolled around, and Dean was sitting in his favorite booth, where he could keep his back to the wall and his eyes on the rest of the diner. Here he was comfortable. He could ditch the suit and wear his jeans and plaid, unafraid of appearing unprofessional, which was fine for breakfast early on a Sunday morning, but it didn't explain why this was the place he'd chosen to meet Donna. Dean did his best to impress on dates. He dressed up, picked a nice restaurant, wore cologne and his best smile. It was never disingenuous, but it also wasn't entirely him. He wasn't that guy. The suave professional, looking for arm candy. Not really, anyway. Not where it counted. Deep down, he was this diner, warm and comfortable and familiar. At ease, even if that was the last thing he was feeling when he watched Donna come through the door. She looked like a dream he'd had a million times before her long blonde hair falling in waves down her back. She was dressed in a Leonard Skinner t-shirt and wore jeans that fit to her like a second skin, showing off her every curve like a frame around a priceless painting. When she turned to look for him on the other side of the restaurant, he got a view of her ass that had him looking skyward for strength. Then she turned the other way and locked eyes with him, breaking into a smile that lit up the whole room. It caught him in the chest, and he stuttered out of breath. What in God's name compelled this woman to look his way, he'd never know. Hey there, she cried, walking up to the table and took a seat across from him. Sorry I'm a few minutes late. I dropped off my sister-in-law at some club in town and traffic was a beast. I didn't realize you being on time was an option. He teased as she sat down, opting for playful until he knew just what was going on here. I could bring myself to do it occasionally. Just don't start expecting anything crazy she said, and winked before picking up the menu. His heart. Oh, his heart. What's good here? I'm in the mood for something sweet. She went for peach cobbler, served hot and topped with ice cream. Dean caught his usual coffee and apple pie, too distracted to enjoy it as he watched Donna experience her own. He watched every morsel of that cobbler as it passed her lips, inevitably resulting in her eyes fluttering closed and a pleased whimper leaving her throat. 
once a drop of ice cream stuck to the corner of her mouth, and her tongue darted out to collect it, keeping him nothing short of mesmerized. It was the sweetest pain he'd ever felt to watch her, and know he had to keep his hands to himself. They talked about nothing for a while. Dean talked about a new author he was working with, who he thought had potential. Historical romance, set in the Wild West. It was the closest he'd gotten to a Western in a long time, and he was looking forward to digging into the manuscript. In between sips of coffee, Donna related events from her book signing that afternoon after she'd gone back and gotten more smoothies to hand out in line. The reactions she'd gotten to her latest release were all positive. It shored up her confidence and made her feel like leaving a career in law enforcement behind wasn't such a bad idea after all. I was shaking like a leaf when I handed in my resignation, she told him, laughing. Everyone at the station thought I was losing my mind, moving off to the city to be some fancy writer. Were you? he asked. Losing your mind, I mean? Eh, I think it's worked out pretty well so far, she said happily. Considering I had a line of people today who just wanted hugs and an autograph on something I wrote, it's really hard to complain about being me right now. Sounds like it, but now I'm feeling a little cheated. If I'd known hugs were on the table, I would have shown up myself, he joked, grinning. She rewarded him with another bright smile. I would have moved you to the front of the line, handsome. You might have had to fight someone for it, but I have faith in you. Dean laughed, accepting a refill when the waitress brought a fresh pot of coffee around. So was writing always your plan? He asked. Career plan, I mean. Huh, oh heavens no. I enjoyed it in school well enough, but it wasn't really something that stuck, she said. I wanted to help people. That's it, and at the time it seemed like being a cop was my only option. Kind of hard to see how that translates into being a romance author, he said honestly. Shouldn't you be writing murder mysteries? Oh no, I got plenty of that during the day. What do I want to come home and write about it for? You've got a point. I started writing because I started reading. I kicked off with the trashy paperbacks and worked my way around every subgenre I could get my hands on, she said, spooning another bite of cobbler into her mouth. After things started getting rocky with Doug, I was looking for an escape, and I found it in those books. Reading replaced a lot of the intimacy I was lacking elsewhere, and when I felt like I'd read everything there was to read, I had no choice but to go and write my own. Dean frowned. Who's Doug? Oh, she cried, flushing a deep shade of scarlet. It was the first time he'd ever seen her sunny confidence falter. Doug is my ex-husband. Sorry he said, and meant it. He could see it still smarted. I didn't know you were married. Not for years now, she scoffed, waving him off. He wasn't a big fan of mine, it turns out. Missed his affections by about 30 pounds, I think. And he sure shootin' didn't like me writing in my spare time instead of sitting around waiting to be his doormat. Dean's fists clenched under the table. For the first time since his bar fighting days in college, he really felt like putting his fist through something. Doug sounds like a dick. She snorted, beaming at him. It took him a second to understand why. She wasn't used to people sticking up for her, which was bullshit. He'd call Doug every name in the book if it meant she'd keep looking at him like that. Doug is a dick, she agreed with a smile. And who's got time for that? Let's talk about something else. Here, 
I've got some ideas for the next few chapters that I want to run by you. Dean nodded his head in agreement, happy to leave the subject behind if it got rid of that stricken look on her face. He turned, reaching for a legal pad from his bag. When he picked up his head again, Donna was sliding into the booth next to him, that same toothy smile in place, like they hadn't just been talking about a less than pleasant part of her life. She scooted closer, their thighs and shoulders meeting in the briefest glance, and he breathed her in. The heat from her body lit him up, and his skin prickled in awareness. She smelled like something warm and sweet, a fireplace and pure vanilla. He wanted to drown in her. Instead, he met her gaze, green against eyes so dark brown they looked like the coffee in his cup. Hey, he said stupidly. Hey, she answered and leaned across him. His heart dumped heavily in his chest, but then he felt the pad of paper being pulled from his grasp. She asked him something, but it never made it past the buzzing in his ears. What? Do you have a pen in there somewhere? Yeah, sorry, hold on. Donna took it and then took charge, scribbling notes and diagrams in between scoops of her leftover ice cream. An hour passed in a blink, and then they were creeping up on two. She rambled and thought out loud, treating him less like a conversational partner and more like a sounding board. He didn't mind. He'd never really had much insight into her process, so watching her work was fun for him. It was interesting to watch something worthwhile form out of the chaos. She wrote like a madwoman, scrawling ideas and comments on the margins of every page and occasionally giggling in delight with herself. The thrill of creating something from nothing was painted across her face, drawing color to the surface of her pale skin and ecstatic fire into her eyes. Donna took in the warm light of the diner like it was made for her. She was perfect. God help him, she was perfect. Dean's hand reached out and touched her jaw before he had the good sense to talk himself out of it. It broke her concentration, pulling her eyes up from her scribbles to find him staring at her. He had no idea what she saw, but it made her smile and lean closer. See something you like, handsome? Yeah, he answered softly the gravel in his voice making it closer to a growl. You gonna do something about it? Hell yes. He dove in before he lost his nerve, before the magic faded, and he woke up to find that he was still in his office and daydreaming. Their lips met, fitted together perfectly, and he could have sworn he saw sparks flying behind his closed eyes. Donna tasted like peaches and sweet coffee, drawing him in and compelling him to drink deeper. She parted her lips on a wistful breath, welcoming him in and anchoring herself with a hand gripped tight on the muscle of his thigh. The dull burn of her touch connected them, drew him closer. He wanted to disappear into her and never come up from air again. Dean ran his tongue over the roof of her mouth and dragged his hands through her hair, needing to feel more, hear more, taste more. She gave a slight jerk at the sensation teeth grazing his bottom lip, and he groaned. His pulse hit the roof. Donna balled her fist in his shirt to pull him closer, and his heart rate broke through that roof and kept right on racing until he was dizzy. He was hard, aching with wanting her, and she was clearly trying to kill him when she levered her chest up to graze his. Jesus, he said, breaking away from her. The fact that they were in public had only barely come back to his awareness. 
He hadn't meant to paw at her, certainly not in some cheap faux leather booth like an idiot. But he was human, and there was only so much he could take without cracking. Where? she cried playfully, pretending to look around. Her cheeks were flushed and holy hell, she was grinning at him like he was something she could order off the menu. Surely, this was absolute proof that she knew what she was doing when she put him in that story. It was now or never. Donna, did you? She interrupted his question by picking his pen up again, flipping to a new page on his legal pad and scribbling furiously. His view was blocked by her arm, but in a minute, she sat back and let him have a look. Want to get out of here? It was followed up with a doodle of a unicorn racing toward a giant exit sign. Dean wanted to laugh, maybe fall to his knees and thank whatever deities existed, but what he ended up doing was nodding his head mutely and watching her drain what was left in her coffee cup like it was a shot for courage. His brain was still too foggy to do much more than agree to everything. He was preparing to try and speak up again when Donna's phone rang, a blaring queen guitar solo that made his heart skip a beat. If he wasn't half in love with her already, he sure as hell was now. Oh, what in the heck? She marveled, looking at the screen. Uh Uh-oh. It's my sister-in-law. Hold on, I'll be right back. Dean watched her slide out of the booth and head for the door, face growing more worried as she moved. By the time she stepped outside, he was convinced something was wrong. He collected his things and reached for his wallet, throwing a few bills on the table before heading for the door. He found her leaning against her car, phone to her ear, with a fingernail pulled between her teeth. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm on my way. Give me a few minutes. He approached slowly, concerned now. Hey, everything okay? Sure, I guess so. She wants me to come get her and take her back to the hotel. She's drunk and there are some shifty-looking guys there, so she doesn't want to leave the club alone. That's smart, Dean observed, and Donna nodded. Yeah, it is. Damn it, she said, huffing out an incredulous laugh. She pushed herself off her car and got close again, resting her forehead against his chest. Her voice was muffled against the fabric, but the sensation of her breath, so close to his skin, still made his pulse jump. Dean, I'm so sorry. I have to go. Do you need me to go with you? He asked, pushing his own questions aside for the time being. She looked up at him in confusion. I can throw a punch if needed. She grinned. I have no doubt, handsome, but I've got this. I'm an officer of the law, remember? I might even have handcuffs in my trunk still. That was going to torture him for the rest of the night. Okay, he said slowly, already dreading the goodbye. You'll call me if you need anything, right? You don't have to worry about me, Scout's Honor. You can call even if you don't need anything, he suggested softly, surrendering to temptation and threading his fingers through her long blonde hair. Her eyes slipped closed and she sighed. Anything? She breathed, a smile tilting up the corner of her mouth. Anything. I'll live to see you regret that, handsome she warned. Never, he said, and tilted her face up to him, grazing his lips against hers before dragging them up the line of her jaw. He touched the very tip of his tongue to the thrumming pulse along her throat, making a note of the way it made her shiver against him. Dean, 
she whispered, hands squeezing his arm. His name sounded like sex on her lips. Yeah. I have to go. I heard. You hold my place, she told him, stepping away and pulling her keys from her pocket. She pointed a stern finger at him. I'm coming back for you. He could do nothing but nod as she climbed in the dark and drove away, waving in his direction as she headed out of the parking lot. It didn't occur to him until he was halfway home that she didn't say where or when she'd be coming back for him. Four. Donna texted him just before midnight, letting him know that they'd made it back to the hotel. Her sister-in-law was wasted and had to be poured into bed, so Donna was going to stick around in case she got sick. She was a good friend, kind and caring. Dean couldn't fault her for that. The downside was that her plane was leaving early the next morning to take them back to Minnesota. She was dropping off her sister-in-law and hanging out with family for a week before she came back to the city for her release party. Dean told her to get some rest. He'd see her next week. He dragged himself into bed late that night, but couldn't force himself to go to sleep. His head was still buzzing, drunk with the memories of Donna pressed so close to him. He thought of their kiss and his head spun, taking him right back to the moment he'd first tasted the sweetness of her lips and felt her hands on him. She'd never done anything but shake his hand before that moment, but kissed him like she'd been thinking about it for years. Donna wanted him. The thought was a drug, and he was hooked, riding the high. At this rate, he'd never sleep again. Work was harder than he thought it would be the next morning, which wasn't improved by the fact that it was a Saturday. Dean still forced himself to sit down with his laptop, making peace with his lot. An alarming number of chapters had piled up in his queue while he was pining over Donna the last few weeks. None of his authors were making a fuss, but he felt bad about it anyway, knowing they were too polite to give him hell. It was his only task of the morning to try and get to his longest neglected works. Dean worked through the morning and ate lunch at his computer, straining his eyes until he had a roaring headache. He once again contemplated the need for reading glasses, the thought made him grimace. He was too young for that, damn it. He wasn't even 40 yet. He was popping some painkillers and bemoaning his age when his phone buzzed from his desk. Distracted, he perked up only when he realized that it was a message from Donna. He pulled up the message and one eyebrow quirked up in confusion. It was a short excerpt of prose, but it wasn't Chloe or Dan. Donna dragged herself across the airport, tired to the point of falling over. The early morning flight had seemed like a good idea until her idiot sister-in-law decided to go clubbing and fall off the wagon. Donna was up holding her hair out of the toilet until two in the morning. Their flight left at seven. There was a chance she was in hell. The real one, not that vegan bakery she found in California. Dean smirked and another message appeared. The only thing propelling her tired behind through the crowd was her memories of the night before, her brain occupied with thoughts of candy apple green eyes and long legs, scruff the color of cinnamon flecked with gold. Hmm, cinnamon sounded good. 
Every airport had a Cinnabon, right? Hold on. This time he laughed aloud, collapsing back into his chair and looking at the ceiling. It was a few minutes before another message appeared. They totally had a Cinnabon. Donna was pleased at this turn of events. With enough carbs, she would be able to refrain from strangling the walking hangover next to her. She had no intention of going down for murder, not today anyway, so she ate the doughy roll of sugar in a few bites. If she got an extra one in a to-go box, it was a public service. Thank you very much. Dean snorted. Anyway, Donna was thinking about Dean, about the way his full lips caressed the rim of his coffee cup and the way his tongue darted out in concentration while they spoke. Watching him think was nothing short of pornographic. Brows drawn, bottom lip between his teeth. She was a few seconds away from fanning herself even now, with just the memory to keep her company. Watching those lips in action was a burlesque show. Feeling them on hers was another matter entirely. The taste of him on her tongue turned her inside out. Dean cleared his throat, shifting in his chair. Leaving was the last thing she wanted to do that night. What she wanted was to pay the check, drag him out of there, and pin him against the side of that shiny black car in the parking lot. She'd kiss him silly until she couldn't breathe and her head spun. If her hands happened to wander, who could blame her? And if the two of them happened to fall into the back seat, everyone would understand. Really, just look at the guy. She had no idea what he would have given for that. Even now, his hands itched to touch her again. The image of Donna getting handsy with him against his beloved baby was a daydream he would have to file away for future use. When her phone rang, she wanted to chuck it across the restaurant because she knew what it meant. It meant walking away from the hunk of beefcake she'd been lusting after for years, just when she got her first taste. The injustice of it all rendered her breathless. Surely the universe wasn't so cruel as to deprive her of him completely. Like hell, he thought to himself. He typed a quick reply, not worrying about interrupting her train of thought. The next time I see you, you're mine. Hell or high water, sweetheart. It was several long minutes before Donna replied, making him sweat. Maybe he should have thought of something better. He dove as soon as her name popped up on the screen. Donna read Dean's message, the words making her swoon. She had no choice but to collapse into a puddle in the middle of the airport. Maintenance en route. Dean chuckled and put the phone aside, mouth stretched into a bright smile. Donna wanted him. Donna had wanted him for years, apparently. The knowledge felt miraculous, too good to be true. Chest tight, he read over her messages again, laughed harder, smile hurting his cheeks, wishing he could live in that moment for just a little while longer. Then reality seeped back in the cracks, and it was okay. His headache had lessened, and his work no longer seemed so oppressive. Things were good. His world was better with Donna in it. Donna sent more of the same messages over the next few days, all in the same narrative format. They told him about her day, what she was thinking at any particular time. She didn't seem to require responses from him, which was good, because he rarely knew what to say. He would comment every so often, just so she would keep going. 
Mostly he was afraid that he would break the spell that had wound around him, keeping him walking on air. Those texts had gone from amusing to a lifeline in a matter of days. If he couldn't have Donna, they were the next best thing. Donna woke with a smile on her face and the smell of breakfast in her nose. The former because of a certain editor, and the latter because... Wait. Who was in her house? It was fine. Donna's mother had snuck in through the back door to surprise her with food, which was normal. Mothers did that, right? Not mine, Dean thought. Though she did pick the lock on his front door once when she left her cell phone in his couch. Donna told herself she wasn't going to hang out with Jody this trip. It was a short one, and she didn't have time to do a five-day hangover recovery program. But gosh, did she miss Jody? They'd been best friends since middle school, and Jody had a taste for trouble that Donna didn't. Drinking and getting matching tattoos kind of trouble. She'd barely escaped last time, just before she drunkenly inked Party Girl into her thigh. Dean couldn't imagine her with a tattoo. At all but then he really wondered if she had one and filed that question away for later. The next day, Donna was determined to work. The blank page stared, mocking. Chloe and Dan were in serious need of resolution, but their creator was distracted. Something to do with her editor, but they didn't know that. They only knew that Dan's wound was infected and they needed to kill the monster and get him to a hospital. He might get sepsis and die at this point. Poor Dan, he thought. Tough break. This was all Dean's fault. It might be his fault that Dan existed at all, so when her characters came to life as vengeful fictional spirits, they could haunt him first. Dean scoffed and replied, Is that a confession? A few minutes later, she replied, Donna had to go. Sorry, bye. They spent the week that way. Donna sending prose and Dean sending back snarky comments to keep her going. He read her messages in between edits, using them as rewards for getting actual work done. Donna bought books with her mother, cooked with her dad, got caught texting him under the dinner table, after which her phone was taken away because they didn't buy her telling them it was for work. It didn't seem to matter that she was in her 30s. She did, in fact, go out with Jody. She was, in fact, hung over afterwards. It must have been pretty bad because the only thing she sent him the next day was Diagnosis Acute Alcohol Poisoning Cause Jody Effing Mills Prognosis Leave me here to die. She must have been down for the count because he didn't hear anything else until the next afternoon when she narrated making travel plans to come back for her release party. Chloe Ransom's fifth adventure had hit the shelves the week before and was already a success, leading her publisher to throw her a party to celebrate. Any other author would have basked and preened, but not Donna. Donna had to take good news and turn it into a death sentence. Donna finished an email to her stylist and sighed, nerves already mounting, her skin prickled in anxiety, and all her worst nightmares started springing up in her mind, all in excruciating detail. Writing was one thing, but those people might want her to talk. Out loud. In front of an audience. What the heck was that about? Her fear of public speaking wasn't news to him. 
Donna had been actively avoiding speaking engagements for years. She personally felt as though they should just hire an actress to be Chloe so she could come and speak in character, leaving Donna out of it completely. What if she stuttered, or passed out, or got sick? Mary and Joseph, she'd never live that down. It will wind up on YouTube and that would be it. End of story. There goes that writer lady. She tossed her cookies all over her publishers and never wrote again. Dean smirked as he walked to his car, finally done for the night. He replied, that's not going to happen. Dean didn't know. He wasn't psychic, but the gesture was appreciated. I could be psychic. You never know. She did know. If Dean were psychic all these years, it wouldn't have taken such drastic measures to get his attention. He would have heard her every depraved thought through a megaphone, straight into his brain. Donna would have seen the smoke coming from his ears, because she really did have a terrific imagination. Dean's eyes crinkled as he smirked. Were you having unprofessional thoughts about me? Donna would confess to nothing, but the images sprouted up behind her eyes anyway. Would he ever know the kinds of thoughts she's had about him over the years? The sheer number would probably horrify him. Climbing into his lap on the couch along the back wall of his office, praying no one walked in as she ran her fingers through his tousled hair, or looking up at him through her lashes from under his desk as her fingers found the clasp of his belt. He cleared his throat. Those are definitely not professional. You asked. She replied, dispensing with the narration for the first time since they started texting a few days ago. Dean laughed and sent his reply before putting his phone down and pulling into traffic. I did. Are you coming to the release party? I always do. Maybe don't bring a date tomorrow? Dean stopped at a light, smile threatening to break across his face. If he didn't know any better, Donna was asking him out. What she didn't know was that he'd never brought a date to one of her events. He'd always been afraid that whatever woman he brought would take one look at him near her and figure it out. The fact that he was crazy about her would have been written across his face. Maybe I don't. What if I find one there? That's the idea, handsome. Dean drove the rest of the way home with a smile on his face and happy anticipation buzzing in his ears. He wanted Donna. Donna wanted him. They had a date tomorrow night. He whistled through dinner, sang while he did the dishes, and still couldn't bring himself to go to sleep until after midnight.